Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome back to part three of the Real Housewives of DC recap. I'm here with Jasper, who is going to be with me on this entire journey. Welcome back, Jasper. Hi. Oh my God, look at us. Enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I'm drinking and talking about my favorite actor. Uh, uh, what's the word? Cast? Activity. See, clearly I'm drinking. Hobby. Subject. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should be drinking. I really don't. I've been going back and forth with the red wine at 10 a.m. thing. Well, it's almost five o'clock in the afternoon over here in Germany, so it's okay for me to be drinking. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. I have to eat breakfast before I drink. That's, that's a rule. That's <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> Put your red wine in the cereal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, if you are here for part three, that means you listen to part one and mini part two. My stoner ass brain thought that was like a good editing cut when I was doing it. And then I was re-editing and I was like, this is 21 minutes. What the fuck is my problem? So apologies for that. The editing on this is all wonky because I don't know how long we're going to talk for. But if you're here with us today and haven't listened to parts one and two, go back and listen to those. But today we start off at episode five through eight today and then the next part which again don't quote me on when this though that part will be out then we'll go through reunion and the state dinner which is just so good i i'm i'm in love with this show and good as gold it's good as gold it really is and again i should have mentioned this up front on the other episodes but if you want to watch this, it's kind of difficult to get your hands on. I had to buy it on Amazon. But like I said, this is an investment. Um, it's only going to get um, more valuable with time. So as, it's, as a fine wine, it just gets better with time. <laughs> so get by it on Amazon. Gasper, where are you watching this? I feel like you find like the deep web to get these <laughs> like uh, episodes. Can't really tell you, but it's like the dark web. <laughs> you're really gonna get arrested in like three years and it's gonna be like well I'm like where is Jasper I haven't seen him in months um, and he gets in trouble for torrenting Housewives of DC probably probably <laughs> won't be able to come back to the states ever again or something like that <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we don't have them over here. That's the thing. We don't have those shows. We had like, I think, Brownie season one, like 20 years, well, not 20 years ago, obviously, but quite a few years ago. And it was dubbed into German. And it was just awful. So those shows don't work here. So clearly I have to find my sources somewhere else. I can't imagine a German version of Bethany Frankel. Like, how did they cast that voice actor? (laughs) (laughs) I think it just got somebody from the street and was like, 20 euros, just like read what we put in the movie. They didn't put much effort in it. How do you say mention it all in German? (laughs) I have no fucking idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Look, you guys, listen to this show. You learn a little bit of German. You're so welcome. (laughs) So we start episode five with a lunch with Kat and Edwina Rogers. If you guys don't remember, Edwina is my arch nemesis. And she gives me big Carol Baskin energy. Did you watch Tiger King, that show on Netflix? Oh, my God. It was the weirdest, but also one of the best things I've ever seen. I kind of agree. It gave me, like, crippling anxiety, though, thinking, like... There are subsets of this country that, like, this is the biggest drama in their life, like, big cats. Like, (laughs) what? Oh, my God. All those people were weird. Yeah. Oh, like, their lack of limbs. I'm like, why are we not addressing that any of them don't, everyone is missing a limb. Like, no one is discussing it, but okay. (laughs) So, we start off at this lunch with Kat and Edwina. If you guys don't remember, Edwina is a lobbyist for Republican healthcare reform. Kat kind of definitely gets put in contact with her I think as like a foil situation I think the producers were looking for someone who would actually go toe-to-toe with her and ask her questions about her thoughts on healthcare. so the two of them are sitting at like this high tea eating those like little cucumber sandwiches and drinking tea together Kat is bringing up how she believes that it is criminal that people in the United States don't have universal health care and that it is a basic human right and I want to say retweet on that because it is. She ten said, years later, retweet Catalani. <laughs> yeah, ten years later, get him a, give her a retweet. So Kat is telling Edwina that since she's been in the States for 18 months, she's already racked up $23,000 in medical bills, and she asks Edwina to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like most Republicans, especially ones who are lobbying for health care reform, this is really difficult to talk about as our healthcare system in the United States is truly crumbling right now. And if the pandemic has showed us anything, it's that how our ability to give people basic human rights and care and attention and medicine and medical help is completely lacking. So 10 years later, this is still incredibly relevant. Um, Edwina cannot explain any of her thoughts on healthcare, which is the funny part about this. Kat is trying to have conversations with her and talk about how she feels that, yeah, healthcare is a universal right. And Edwina is just like, did you try the cucumber square? How's your tea? <laughs> In back my head. And uh, Edwina is so, so um, thirsty. She just wants to be on camera, and it's not the first show she did, or she did another one afterwards or something, but, like, she, I mean, I shouldn't get into politics about your country, but (laughs) it kind of represents this 
rich Republican lady that just for fun wanted to go into politics, but has no clue about it. Yeah. Like, like that woman who is doing like your, oh, what's her name? Who's doing all the school. Oh, Betsy DeVos. Yes. Oh. <laughs> she reminds me a little bit of her. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like that, here's some money. Um, okay, I'm bored with my time. What am I going to do? Maybe I'll go into politics. And rather than uh, like... Business card, business card where it says lobbyists. You know? Something like that. So Edwina, at this point, then invites Kat to a Washington Insiders Party, which is, again, a Republican healthcare event that she'll be hosting in a couple weeks. And Kat is just rolling her eyes so hard at Edwina and and it's just hilarious and you know I'm you just kind of I kind of feel bad for her because I feel like oftentimes when uh, it's hard I don't want to be too political on this show I'm like struggling because I'm trying to find my words because I do know people are gonna rake me over the coals for whatever the fuck I say but I think at a certain point, if you can't defend the things that you are fighting for, then you actually need to look inward and see why you can't defend them. Like I find it with a lot of Trump supporters and just people who, you know, support candidates, but won't proudly say it. If you can't proudly say that this is what you want, or if you think that, you know, people should pay independently for healthcare and which basically means that most people can't afford healthcare or any basic kind of medical attention, like right. it means you're probably on the wrong side of history <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean it was really like when kat said to her you're a republican lobbying for health care that's like an oxymoron that's like, but also it's like a funny thing that a british woman has to school americans about their health system and it's like ooh, somebody from the outside has to come in to tell y'all how everything is wrong yeah. And at this rate, like, we don't really necessarily know the political leanings of each woman at the reunion. They talk about it. But if we go through, Stacey, I definitely think is a Democrat. Obviously, she voted for Obama and is proud about that. But after we get to, like, her stance on gay rights, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I, what I trust about you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Um, Linda's definitely a Democrat. We see that throughout. Cat can't vote but is a democrat mary said she voted republican but she votes on social issues um which means she's a republican um, so they're not gonna throw her in a lunch with edwina so i think cat was definitely a good person to foil the ridiculousness of what edwina is trying to lobby for but again cannot create full sentences to explain what she's fighting for <laughs> A woman who was on another show talking about how she wraps Christmas presents in dollar bills. Wait, Edwina? Yes, she was on some, like a home, home show, home design show, whatever, and was talking about how she gets one dollar bills, like sheets, before okay. they were cut dollar bills, and wraps the presents in them. I mean, somebody that can't be trusted in any politics. I'm seeing this right now. Okay, so she won 
on a pilot episode of Powerhouse, which is kind of like the lifestyles of the rich and the famous show. Okay, one, she does have a wrapping paper room, very Barbara Streisand of you, which is also a dream of mine. I've always wanted to have one in my tiny Manhattan apartment. Uh, let's see. She unfurls a roll of dollar bills and starts slicing them up to make appropriate wrapping sheets. Oh, how fucking gauche is that? Like, you are such a dumb fuck if you genuinely, like, oh, that is so tacky. That is so tacky. You hate her even more now? I didn't think I could, but (laughs) here I am. I mean, once we get to the party, then that's just the icing on the cake of my feud with Edwina, and it's the last time we see this dumb fuck. So then we move to a dinner with Stacy and Linda and their husbands in Abong. And they're all talking about race and Stacy finding her biological father. Abong is from Nigeria and Stacy's dad is Nigerian. And I think they're actually from the same tribe, oddly enough. That's, you know, a random coincidence. And then during this conversation, Linda brings up how that she has felt reverse racism. Um, just saying this to a table of black people are, is just hilarious. And like, she's saying that growing up in South Georgia, she'd go to places that wouldn't serve her because she was white. And you basically just like hear like crickets at the table and they're all like. Mm, that's awkward. Yeah, we're like, uh, okay, sis. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's so random, especially for Linda, where you're like. She's such a diehard Democrat and she's so open to everything and everyone and stuff. And then she comes out. You wouldn't expect Mary when she's drunk talk like that. Like when she talks about integrational hair salons. (laughs) But with Luna, you're like, really? Reverse racism? In South Georgia in the 70s? Like... That wasn't her finest moment. It was definitely not her finest. But again, Linda doesn't ever give me malicious intent when she talks about like race. And even when she was talking at this dinner about how people have perceived her and Abong's relationship, and Jason, Stacy's husband, was like, frankly, like if I saw you two walk into a restaurant, I'd be like, damn, like. You know, that white girl's got herself a black guy, whatever. Like, whatever phrase he said, I don't need to start doing accents of him. Um, but it was definitely an interesting conversation. And <laughs> they talk more about Stacy's adoption. We get more in-depth about what she's going to do. And we'll get to more information about how um, the next steps they take in that. Then we get to Edwina Rogers' healthcare reform party, which is in a banquet hall at a gross hotel in D.C. (laughs) The fluorescent lighting and, like, those chairs, like, there's nothing like a conference room chair to really declass any type of event. I mean, we talked about how to go to one party after another, and then on every episode there's, like, at least two parties and everything. This one was the worst. And it was such a last minute gig. Oh. It was like, oh my God, I need to throw a party. So, because I told Kent I'm going to have a party and I want to be on camera. That's why I do something. So, obviously, she makes a 
I guess she doesn't even make an entrance, but we'll get there. <laughs> so the ladies start funneling into the party. We see Mikhail come in in her Barbie hot pink dress. Really appropriate for a political party. Uh, we see Kat come in with her husband, Charles. And in Kat fashion, she shows up dressed as Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> So I forgot to mention at the lunch, they had a conversation where Kat asked Edwina, so what are your thoughts on Sarah Palin? And again, Edwina just has like nothing in her brain. Like I, I could, she, you know what she has in her brain? She has that monkey with the two like <laughs> symbols. Like that's what's going on in her brain. Like she has no thoughts in her brain. And so she says Sarah Palin would have done just fine. So I think at that point that triggered Kat to really <laughs> take up her pettiness to another level. So she shows up as Sarah Palin and her husband Charles is there too. And I definitely think they went home. She threw that wig back on and they had like role play sex with like- Oh, definitely. For sure. He was I mean, turned on. We, we see Kat in her uh, dressing room at her house with her daughters talking about what she should wear for the party and the daughters pull out all those sexy outfits and everything. And it's like, geez, why do, do your daughters know what like lingerie you have and like your, your Halloween, slutty Halloween costume. So clearly she put on that wig again and like, Played Sarah Palin in bed with Sarah Palin. <laughs> that is truly the last, but I would never want to sleep if I had to sleep in a bed with her. Um, <laughs> one in Alaska, one in Russia, and the world in between. <laughs> so at this party, then Stacy and Jason come. Everyone's mixing and mingling, and Edwina is nowhere to be found. And they keep laughing about how Edwina's nowhere to be found. We see Mikhail going up to everyone. I love you. Mm, oh. Hugging. I was wondering how we think Mikhail is doing because she can't hug strangers. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I feel like she's been probably really struggling in quarantine or just hugging her husband nonstop. I, I think she's actually, I mean, I'm sure she's happier with her new husband than with Tarek. But I still feel like she's like, chained to a radiator in some house and is not leaving the house. I mean, if you go on their Instagram, the pictures are awful. It's really bad. And like her face has completely transformed into a new face. And I think it could be her actively trying to like look different from the person who was on television, but- It's just filters. I don't think she knows how to work Photoshop and everything. She's just using the worst Instagram filters, basic filters, and that's why she looks like that. Oh She's so annoying at her party. So at this party, we randomly get this dude who looks like a security guard, and he, I, I believe he was also the bartender. I feel like he was, like, giving people cheap wine. <laughs> he was pouring Carlo Rossi cheap wine into people's glasses, and also comes out into the middle of the party, which like also seemed like a party that I don't, I've never been to like a healthcare lobbyist reform party, like haven't attended one of those vets in a very long time. So I don't know how they roll, but like it looked so stuffy and boring and like there was no music. And so this guy comes downstairs and he's like, everybody, I have an important and unexpected announcement. Edwina will not be attending the event. She had to leave. And then we just see footage of Edwina getting 
put into a stretcher with a blanket over her, a la Vicky Gunvalson in Iceland. <laughs> like, oh my God. So there's no explanation of what happened. They said she had a bout of vertigo and she needed to be hospitalized immediately. No, it was so random. I mean, maybe that explains why there's nothing in her brain, but <laughs> yeah, like, right. it, it was so random. You see this emergency car pulling away. You have no idea, was it like, was she at, at the location of the event or is this just a random car? Like, did she ever wanted to go come? Like, yeah, we never, ever talk about it again. And that's yeah. the last we've seen of Athena Rogers. Like, it's the last we've ever seen of her. But I think, if anything, this just proved every point we've said. She's hosting a party for something she just doesn't even understand or believe in or can even muster up three sentences about. Because when Republicans talk about healthcare, what are they trying to say? They're literally just trying to say, we're trying to make it. So the people who can't afford private health care, which is oftentimes, you know, people of color and low-income families, those are the people you hurt and those are the people who are dying. You know, not the wealthy yeah. people who have jobs and insurance through their, you know, employers. So, you know, it's, it's difficult when you try to hold people to the flames. Or what is that phrase? Hold them to the fire. I don't know. Hold their feet to the fire. And then they cannot even explain at all what they believe in, why they believe in, or why she's spending and raising money against this, other than probably her rich-ass husband being like, let's um, make our stocks in all these medical companies make more money by you know, screwing over people and making them pay so much money out of pocket for you know, basic medicines, all of this shit. It's just, it, it's just ridiculous. And the fact that she couldn't even show up to the party it's so incredibly telling and if she didn't have insurance that ambulance ride probably would have cost her three thousand dollars out of pocket right <laughs> i just hit her with a nini bloop like you know like <laughs> that's pure hatred <laughs> also there is just one little moment that kat says in this moment she's trying to explain to her daughters what Republican, oh my, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for talking such shit about Republicans, but <laughs> fuck it, listeners. You definitely, I've been giving, I put disclaimers on all of my episodes on the bottom, which I can read right now and I'll read it again, just to let people know how I feel. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> like, I was like, I have to say something because people see DC and they're automatically like, oh, dags. So my disclaimer is, don't worry, we don't get super political on these episodes. I will shame one Republican healthcare lobbyist, but healthcare is a basic human right and I disagree with everything she says, XOXO, which is actually not true because she actually doesn't say anything. So I might not disagree with everything she says, but <laughs> I disagree. She's pro-choice. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I do follow her on Instagram now and she's been hiking a lot with her husband, so... I'm glad they're getting some fresh air. <laughs> oh, but anyways, as I was saying, so Kat just... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Scribes, Republicans, and the way they dress and act to her daughters as the dregs at the bottom of a glass of red wine. Like when you're drinking red wine and has like the sediments at the bottom and you accidentally drink it and you're like, <laughs> that's how she feels about Republicans, which I. <laughs> <laughs> but then also at the party, Kat has a fight with uh, Mikhail's assistant, oh, yeah. best friend again. Yeah, quote unquote friend. And- and then Mikhail starts talking about how Kat can dish it and but can't take it and is so sure about that, like she's right and gets into Kat's face and everything. And Kat is like, no, I'm talking about something completely different. She was upset with Mary and it had nothing to do with like that she couldn't take and uh, that she can dish it but can't take it. And she left because she was upset with Mary and not um, because Mikhail won the fight and her assistant. And Mikhail is so sure about that she is right. It's like, oh, bless you, little doll. Like, <laughs> once you think you're right and you're still wrong, but let, let us all pretend you, you're right and let's, let us keep you in your bubble. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard watching... Mikhail try to form sentences or defend herself and this is why she needs assistance and Tarek and all these people to kind of come in and swoop in for her because I feel like she's actually quite brainwashed and I feel like she doesn't always believe the shit that like she's doing and she's just going with it because she's trying to like be Tarek's ride or die and so she's just doing things but I feel like she can't even explain some of the shit that he's making her do and then she just sounds like a bigger idiot but it actually is like I think you're kind of being like controlled by your husband and you can't even see that this is like negative and like actively like ruining your life kind of (laughs) like everything she does is to please him it's really sad and just oh so out of touch but we'll get deeper into the two of them so we move into episode six and we get a bunch of random scenes linda moves into her new big home in virginia they do like a saging moment where all the women sage the home classic wacky wacky uh holistic wacky hippie or like like i mean she is kind of funny she's doing like a jewish prayer outside and then is spraying holy water on everybody and then goes inside and is i'm like what are you even doing linda but 
I would sage that house with her. It's the second best holy water scene we've ever gotten after Ladies of London and Caroline Fleming sit on the boat. Wait, I don't remember this. When she had her midsummer party on the island, she rode there in a rowboat with the guy who was like doing the event and she sprinkled holy water straight out of the Vatican. And it was the funniest thing ever. I have and to rewatch another, another show people have to rewatch. Yeah, that's definitely one I need to give a proper re- rewatch to. But what is it, like four or five seasons? Six seasons? Three. Only three? Yes. Oh, well, hey, Jasper, let's let's start doing a little another recap. I think the next one I want to do is Tinsley's High Society. I think that's the next recap series I'm going to do because I'm in such a Tinsley phase right now. I'm really I'm really into her, so I've got to give her some some love and attention on the pod. So yeah, we go through Linda's new house, whatever. Her kids see the house. Her kids are so nice and normal and well-adjusted. I'm like, wow, Linda, you're actually a great mom too. <laughs> like, and a businesswoman. I'm like, what can you do? I'm such a Linda apologist. <laughs> I know, because there's points where she, did, she makes dinner for the whole family or breakfast. And she talks about like to uh, her son's girlfriend being like, we have to serve our man. They have to come furious and everything. I mean, she meant this as a joke, but it was a bit cringy, though. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to see people with antiquated ideals of relationships where, you know, you can be as traditional as you want and you can serve your man and you can love doing that. Like, when I have a family, like, I love to cook. I love cooking for people. And, like, the joy of being able to, like, one day cook for, like, my husband and my family, like, is something I'm excited about. But Maybe you like, hate it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's not, like, my, it's not my job. <laughs> like, if, like, if I can't cook, like, but I think a lot of maybe old school people think that, but it is not my job to fucking serve you. <laughs> it's my choice to serve you. <laughs> Uh, so we get to one of the more iconic scenes. We get Mikhail giving Stacy a call saying they want to set up some times to real estate shop, which is hilarious considering, oh. again, they've got Monopoly money in their bank account. <laughs> so they end up getting a classic stretch limo white. Like, I'm surprised that Tark wasn't like, Stacy, look at this limo this time. It's got a hot tub in the back. Like, (laughs) I'm waiting for, like, him to try to one-up himself. And it's like, bro, you're just getting tackier and tackier and tackier and tackier. You can't see it. Hover limo. Hover limo. (laughs) He's like, it's hot pink. (laughs) You know you've got a small dick when dot, dot, dot. Oh my gosh. Okay, so they are driving around Spring Valley, which is a really beautiful part of DC. That's where all the politicians live. And they're talking about what they're looking for in a home. They're implying that they own Oasis Vineyard and like the home on the property, on the vineyard's property is their full-time home, which again, not true. Tark's mother owns it. And they live in an an apartment upstairs above the tasting room. (laughs) Like, let's be real. So they're saying that that's going to be like more of their country home and that they're going to be looking for a full-time place in DC because lately they've just been staying in hotel suites, which again, like, do these hotels not have like 
any sort of vetting system where they're like, oh, a thousand dollars a night, we're going to give it to Mikhail and Tark. Like they're just going to put it on their Amex and never pay that Amex bill. I know that's so weird. I don't know if it's like maybe with the show, it's like for prom promotional furnishes, how it's always the disclaimer at the end of, mm. of every episode, if maybe that is how they got the sweets. But on the other side, I still would be like, if I was the Four Seasons and whatever, I'd be like, no, thank you. I really don't want them to stay here, not even for half an hour. <laughs> for half an hour. So they're riding around in this limo. Then Linda basically, I mean, Stacy basically says, like, they've got two things to talk about. They have to talk about... Price range. Price range, <laughs> which is just my favorite thing. Mikhail goes, our price range... It's about, you know, it could start at 100,000 and go to about 12 million. <laughs> and then Tarek <laughs> then comes in as Mr. Frugal with uh, actually, let's, 8 million is probably our max. Like, what are you two smoking? What crack pipe can yeah. I hit that the two of you are ripping on so I could get $8 million in my fake bank account? Well, but also just like, I mean, that shows us that I really just have Monopoly money at home. I'm playing Monopoly, but from $100,000 to $8 million, like, what, what do they expect they would get for $100,000? Like, I have no idea. And even like, they're driving around an area and Mikhail is like, Ooh, what about that one? It's like, that's $25 million. And Mikhail goes, do you know the person who lives there? And Stacey goes, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> I don't know every person who lives in this town, homeowners, like just because I'm a real estate broker, that's not really how this works. And even like Stacey's representing properties that are so high value that you need to be pre-approved to even get into the home to view it. So they don't ever go into homes. No. <laughs> They've never stepped foot into a home. So they basically just do a joyride in the limo. <laughs> um, drinking like what, probably cheap champagne that was like in the limo from 1983. And they see no homes. They talk about money. Tarek says he'll be paying for this home through Oasis Vineyard. Lol. And Stacey is basically just like, I don't understand how dumb they fucking think I am. I was at the vineyard a few weeks ago. I saw it's not running, that all of the vines are completely dried up and everything is disheveled. Where is income coming from a vineyard if there is no wine to be made? And they're so serious about it. Tarek really like when he tells Stacy in the limo, like he really believes the bullshit he says. Like you can see Stacy's face like what the fuck does he really think i believe him and he keeps on going on about it and like yeah we do have the money and it's not a problem to get a letter of recommendation and this and that it's like do you hear yourself like it just it's a series of like unfortunate events that you kind of just keep watching and you see all of the cast members and their testimonials start getting like 
well, it's kind of shady, it's a little bit weird, things aren't adding up, things aren't adding up, things aren't adding up. And so as a viewer, you just kind of think it's going to be more of like a grifter situation where they're keeping, they keep being shady, kind of like Dorit and PK or Teresa and Joe when they had their money issues and you knew something was going on, but they were unable to just address it because, you know, they don't want to seem poor and like crooks. <laughs> like, so you know, it, it's funny to watch them genuinely think that this is a reality for them. And they also tell her one of the main things that they need in the house is to be able to host 200 to 250 people on a regular basis. And Stacey's like, who in God's name is coming to your home? For what? <laughs> for what? A party you're hosting with fake everything? The ambassador to China is coming um, with the uh, prime minister. Uh, like, you're just yeah. naming things and hiring people who might look like the person. Central <laughs> like, yeah. costing exam. Yeah. So from this point, obviously they don't buy a house. Let's be real. We move towards, let me see. We go to the Men Against Breast Cancer event that Linda has invited all the squad to. It's a fashion show, a classic fashion show, pretty boring. We do just get one scene where Linda's ex-boyfriend Christopher is at the event, which really triggers Kat, who recently had a friend pass away. And I guess this guy Christopher reminded Kat a lot of her friend. And so she starts to cry. And that's definitely a moment where we see Kat in a different light. And you had mentioned last episode, I think, I can't remember if we were talking about after Anne Francis's event or whether it was after the um her like comment where she was like he's colored or whatever um you were saying like that there's actually deeper stuff going on with Kat and then once I rewatched this last night and Linda was actually talking about Kat she was saying like Kat has been going through so much with her marriage that she's being really strong and not opening up about with this friend with being a theoretically a single mother living alone in a country she just moved to for a man who isn't ever around. And so I think this was maybe like a breaking point for her where the fact that she's crying in the middle of a event seems like very uncat like. And so you could definitely see that she's going through it and it was really sad, but. Yeah, but it's nice to like see her emotional side. Totally. Because she's always a strong one, all like always dishing out and everything and stuff. Like, and always sarcastic and funny. But now we finally see the emotional side of her, which is, I think, important. So she's a bit more relatable for a lot of people. And also, it's something that we never saw of Lisa Vanderpump till the end of her being a real housewife. Totally. And even now, like, to piggyback off Lisa Vanderpump, even like her scenes this season where, I guess on Vanderpump Rules more so, you know, she's talking to Diana or Natalie. I can never get those two. <laughs> I can never get Guillermo's wife. Suck a dick, Diana. <laughs> so she was talking to one of them and she was crying over the photos of her mother. Even then, like I was shocked that she didn't really give us a lot of her mom's death. Even like the funeral got postponed or like they had to push the funeral back, which probably was like Lisa being like, hey, I unfortunately have to go to Jackson Brittany's wedding. So you guys are going to have to push mom's funeral back. Mm -hmm. But 
she didn't really open up too much. Like, and of course, like, it's so difficult to talk about losing a loved one, especially so soon after it happens. And, you know, I'm not saying like, you need to open up immediately to the world about how you feel. (laughs) But allowing yourself to be sad does allow viewers just get that different side of you and when you can be a little bitchy and and sassy like cat like lvp those are moments where viewers are like oh my god you know she has a heart she is like me she has to be strong for her family and her kids and herself but that doesn't mean she's you know invincible to like yeah exactly but also i think it's nice for the other women to see that emotional side of cat and especially in public, not just at home, that you like burst out in tears at a random breast cancer fashion show. <laughs> it shows that she's actually like, yeah, really vulnerable and, and open and doesn't really hide stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she does. And that I think, if anything, would show she wouldn't like how strong she has to be in certain situations where it's like when it's out of her control, like a friend's death. It's like that's uncontrollable sadness where at least like yeah. in her own marriage, you can suppress that anger and sadness for as long as you need to because you don't want your family to be broken up or something. And I, I can't imagine. But moving on from the men's breast cancer event, we go to Oasis Vineyards. <laughs> Back to where we belong. Paradise. Paradise. Not. Paradise. So we get back to Oasis and we see Mikhail and Tarek again, definitely in a situation where both his dad, Durgan, and the mom, Corinne, are there. Tarek is so sad. He calls both of his parents by their first names, which is also pretty brutal. But I guess that's what happens when your parents start suing you. You automatically are like, I guess you're now no longer mom and dad. <laughs> you act uh, I, can, I actually reckon when he was a little boy, he had to call them. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Salahi. <laughs> I absolutely can see that. So they're talking about how Corinne doesn't like Mikhail, but how Mikhail's really close with the dad. They discuss how the vineyard is going to go through a renovation with over-the-top designs. The dad is super excited. So if you guys don't remember, the whole situation was, so Tarek's dad got sick. Once, so just even more backstory now that I'm reading Cirque Salahi, I know so much about the Salahi family. It's fucking mortifying. Targ's mom ran a Montessori school, which is like a really fancy private school. They have them all over the country. So she was running one of those and the dad was simultaneously I running. I went to one. You did? Yeah. Wow. You and Targ have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> I see you like in pictures with Obama and I'm like, yes, for what? <laughs> So uh, the mom was busy running the school and the dad was running the vineyard. So then when the dad got sick and decided to leave the vineyard to Tarek, the mom ended up retiring from her job and decided she was going to take an interest in the vineyard. And then because the mom probably has a brain in her head, she realized that Tarek was actually running the vineyard into the ground, spending so much money, not understanding that like businesses need to make money. Um, to function and you can't just buy like boats and Aston Martin cars just for the sake of it like (laughs) you can't really do that and also like vineyards specifically are like a volatile industry to get into because you don't know how the like grapes will taste or if the crops have a good year or 
it's too rainy or if it's too this like yeah completely seasonal business so when you're spending like so much money on absolutely unnecessary things for the business the well will run dry and it did so they're now in a place where they're saying we're gonna redo it revamp it make it over the top designs and at this point (laughs) corinne targ's mom calls the cops on them again Can you imagine being at the home you pretend to be is your home and you try to have like a good filming day and your mom just keeps calling the cops on you? Like that is iconic. <laughs> I wish we would have met Corinne. <laughs> right? She sounds like she should be on the real housewives. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like she would give more than Mikhail. <laughs> so obviously she doesn't want the two of them anywhere near the home. And Mikhail starts to cry. She's saying this whole thing is devastating. And then she says, I stay because I love Tarek. And I feel like that was the first moment that we kind of see her crack a little bit where you could see she's like, this is my fucking life. Like this, my mother-in-law and father-in-law call the cops on me every time I go to my home, you know? And, And there's so, there's so much like, you could see like hurt and fear in her eyes because I think she's aware that this is all fake. She's aware that this relationship with the two of them isn't going to get any better. And that if anything, her relationship with Tarek and Tarek's relationship with them is only going to get worse. Absolutely. And I think like this is actually the only time where we see her being real and like real tears. I mean, when we talk about the reunion, we got to come back to her tears. And those were fake. So this is the, yeah, I really think this is the only time we ever see, yeah, where she cracks and where she's the real Michaela. Yeah, Michaela, let's be real. Thanks so much for tuning in to part three of the Real Housewives of DC recap. Tune in to next Thursday's part four. And then we just jump into Cirque du Salahi, which again, I'm telling you, you guys, It was an impulsive purchase I made on Amazon. I do think it cost me $26, but I will say it's worth it. The book itself is pretty poorly written. And I actually think the writer herself is in love with Mikhail Salahi, which is saying a lot. And now that I'm thinking about this out loud, it actually could have been Mikhail and Tarek writing this book about themselves under the pseudonym of whatever her name is, Diane Diamond or whatever. But tune in for that as well. I'm super excited about this little journey. And the next deep dive I'm doing is Tinsley Mortimer's High Society. So start watching that because those episodes will be coming out mid-May. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.